a look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powell. Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's. Beefo Brady's at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa in the Carrollwood and Forest Hills area. For all of your football, baseball, basketball, hockey, viewing pleasures, check out Beefo Brady's. Every day of the week they're open. Whether you're wanting to watch games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, your favorite hockey team, your favorite college basketball team, NBA team, Check out Beef O'Brady's. If you're looking for any catering needs, corporate events, things like that, Beef O'Brady's can help you as well. They do all the things you need to be done in the restaurant and sports bar business. So Beef O'Brady's, corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa. Thanks for the great intro, uh, Steve Carney. Steve's our quarterback of the, uh, he's kind of GMing and quarterbacking our College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, as which we are a part of. So if you're looking for college football content from around the country, from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten to the ACC to the SEC, Big 12, re- find the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and subscribe, rate, and review. We all got guys from all over, Matt Zemick from out in the Pac-12, Tyler Jones in the Big 12, Mark Rogers up in the Big 10, Patrick Netherton talking Southeastern Conference, LSU. I'm handling the uh, the state of Florida, but we've got a lot of great guys producing content and interviews for you uh, all around the country. So definitely uh, subscribe and to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Thanks for finding us this week. We're at about the midpoint of the college football season. Uh, seven weeks down. We got about seven weeks to go until we know who's in our playoff and such. Uh, we're going to talk to Coach Jim Levitt again this week as part of our weekly Coach and the Kicker segment. We're going to break down things that happened during bye weeks. We had some injuries this week. We're going to break down kind of the, the inconsistency issues in the state of Florida. We're also going to talk to Coach about some of the big matchups, the huge wild finishes from last week around the country. Uh, and those kind of things. So we got a good chat with Coach Levitt. Next week we are going to talk big time Florida, Georgia. That cocktail party is under. Will be next week in Jacksonville. We're going to have Kevin Brockway from the Gainesville Sun. Going to talk about the Gators. I've got a couple calls out to a couple of big guests that I hope they're going to be able to join us. That have some major history in the cocktail party. So be be checking be. Be back here next week. I, I am hoping to have one or two big guests that have had major impact the last uh, 20, 25 years in the cocktail party rivalry between Florida and Georgia. So uh, looking forward to trying to secure those those guys to get on the on the podcast. So before we get to Coach Lev, just go. We'll just do a quick rundown of the of the records of the teams in the state. Um, 
Starting with Florida State, they lose 34-28 to Clemson. They're now 4-3, and three, heading into a bye. Again, tough loss. We're going to talk about the games with Coach Levin a little bit in depth. Uh, Florida loses 45-35 last week to LSU at home. They're now 4-3, and three, heading into a bye. Georgia next week uh, as well. USF drops to 1-6. and six. They lose 45-31 to, to Tulane. Uh, USF loses their quarterback, Jerry Bohannon, for the rest of the year with a shoulder injury. Catravius uh, Marsh now steps in for USF. We'll see what he is able to do. Very good-looking prospect. I've seen him in person several times at practices this year. Got a lot of big arm. Kind of reminds me of a Dante Culpepper kind of kind of body physique. Um, so we'll see how he steps in and, and, and if he can right the ship down at USF. Miami wins 20-14 at Virginia Tech. They're now 3-3. Three and three. They have Duke this weekend. FIU loses to UTSA 30 to 10. They're now 2 and 4. FAU beats Rice 17-14. Conference win there. They're now 3 and 4 as they head to UTEP this weekend. And then Central Florida, maybe the best team in the state, now 5 and 1 after they beat Temple 70 to 13. They've got a very interesting matchup this week on the road at East Carolina. Uh UCF's right in the in the hunt there to win that uh to the, to win the American Conf, the the American Conference, so again UCF may be our the best team in the state of Florida as we go through seven weeks with a big 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 matchup at East Carolina uh, facing them this weekend. John Rice Plumlee, the quarterback for UCF, was named AAC Player of the Week for his performance against Temple. So congratulations to him. So again, we're going to talk uh, again. We're going to talk about some of the lack of inconsistencies throughout the state, uh, the, throughout our state teams as well. And uh, Coach Levitt will have some good stuff on that as we move throughout his interview. So, again, Kevin Brockway, Gainesville Sun next week. Florida, Georgia uh, next week as well. And all the teams will be coming off a bye as well. So, looking forward to uh, getting the second half of the season a little bit better than the first half for our teams here in the state of Florida. So, Coach Levitt coming up in just a minute after a couple, couple of uh, commercials. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with Coach Jim Levitt. Coach and the Kicker segment here on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. And now a word from BetUS. Hey guys and girls, with the college football and NFL season now underway, you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have for all of our podcasts. You'll receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you get an extra $125. Put $200 in, you get an extra $250. So forth and so on. BetUS has all the NFL, MLB postseason, NBA, tennis, golf, Premier League, and college football wagers to bet on. But we all know you are all college football and NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST22. BetUS, you bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. College football and NFL football fans, we know that the season is cranked back up. Are you looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices? Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. 
Ticket Smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They have also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA and NFL football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of the football season live and in person. Purchase your your tickets directly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. We've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just a one-time use. Use it this week. Use it next week. Use it Thanksgiving week. Use our code as many times as you want this football season for the best selection of college football and NFL seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Special thanks to our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions and Realtor Star Alvarado. If you are looking to sell your home or are looking to purchase a home anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, from Tampa to St. Pete to Wesley Chapel and everywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She will be a great advocate for you on both the selling side and the purchasing side of the real estate transaction. So Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. Print and Marketing Solutions. Do you have a corporate event? Do you have golf tournaments? Are you involved in an election? Do you need signs, banners, road signs? Do you need marketing pieces? Do you need color copies, business cards, everything in between? Reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located off of the the intersection of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. He is a full-service print and digital marketing supplier. Anything you need in the print and print needs, Todd can help you. So reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887, Print and Marketing Solutions. All right, welcome back to the Coach and the Kicker segment on the Florida Football Insiders podcast presented by Beefo Brady's. Remember, Beefo Brady's on Bush and Himes. Uh, is your place to go for all your football action, whether it's Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday night. Got playoff baseball going on. We got the NHL season just just getting getting going with the Tampa Bay Lightning and such. So def- can Coach Levitt wearing his Tampa Bay Lightning shirt. So want to give a shout out to him for that. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach. Oh, it's good to be back again. What a what a weekend, huh? Yeah. A lot of a lot yeah. of unbelievable games. You know, just. Crazy, absolutely right. crazy. All right, let's start there. First off, before we get started, tell me how how'd the girls do in their flag football playoffs. Well, they, I was a little bit off. They they both well, Sophia's definitely in the playoffs. They okay. played the number team and they got beat, but they're still in second. Okay, the third place team and uh, Sophia did well. She, you know, did some good job a job rushing the quarterback and you know had a had a catcher. So then Isabella's team, they got beat. They both got beat, but they both have won enough games where they're getting they're getting the playoffs. So Isabella's probably gonna win next Saturday to get in the playoffs. So that'll be a big game. I told her she's gonna have to get mentally ready and 
<laughs> but it's it's exciting. I'm telling you, I love I love watching them play. No, that's great. That's great. That's good to hear. No, no film session, coach. Girls don't need the film session this year. <laughs> no film sessions. <laughs> mental uh, reps. Give them some mental reps. <laughs> right. All right, let's get to the action. Let's, yeah, it, it was a wild week around the country. We're going to talk. We're gonna, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of the bigger games around the country as well. Uh, state of Florida, another another kind of a rough week in the state of Florida. Three win, three teams win, four teams lose. You got Miami, FAU, and Central Florida win. FIU, USF, Florida, and Florida State lose. Just uh, just the general thoughts about. I won't say the malaise, but kind of the lack of consistency around the state of Florida with, with the Florida teams. Well, you know, back in the seventies, I'm, I'm going to go way back when I was in high school, you know, Florida was pretty average. Florida state was awful. Miami was a joke. Uh, they, they weren't very good. And then they built those three programs to be three of the best in the, uh, in the country, you know, winning national championships and, you know, doing so well. And I think one of the problems is these schools probably try to go out of state too much recruiting, but that's just my thought. And that's why, to be honest with you, why originally I thought South Florida could do great things because uh, I knew where Florida, Florida State, Miami were when I was in high school and they weren't very good. And I thought with the city of Tampa and uh, the whole picture of uh, South Florida, I thought I didn't think there was any question that South Florida could be in that uh, type of um, – uh, you know, similar to what those programs were in time, sure. you know, when things right and, and, uh, you know, taking the right steps. Uh, but that was that, but, um, you know, here you have Miami, uh, beaten, um, I guess, was it, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech uh, 2014. Yeah. Very pretty good game because they were up on them. Then Virginia Tech came back and, and I didn't see, I really didn't see that game. I watched Florida, right. Uh, the quarterback, that 81 yard run was un. Believable. It just shows he has so much talent, and that's and he teases you because he is such a good runner. If they can ever get him to continue to grasp the game, you know he could be pretty special. Willie, I don't. Again, I don't know. Right. Uh, I I thought they um, I thought they played hard. They played well, but you know they just you know didn't win the game. Very surprised they gave up forty five to LSU. I mean LSU went up and down the field on offense. Not that I expect Florida defense to be a lockdown defense, but very surprising they gave up. I think touchdowns on like the first five or six drives of the game. Well, the, the quarterback that LSU has transferred from Arizona State is really that good. I think. Okay. You know, I was at Oregon. We recruited him. In fact, that was the area. Uh, that was my high school that I was recruiting, and we turned him down. Okay. And we taken taken another quarterback, uh, and I. I really enjoyed visiting with him and uh, getting to know him. I thought he was really a really a good person and, and tremendous skill set. Uh, they just couldn't stop him. He was that good, and um, you know. So the um, uh, but LSU just man, they got out and they were beating them bad. Florida comes back. You got to give them some credit, but then LSU did what they needed to do to win, you know. And and Florida State just got beat, you know, by uh, Clemson. You know, Clemson's just better, and uh, but Florida State could have. They came, they came, they came rallying back. You know, and yep. they had their chances. Uh, you know, you, you almost kind of wish they'd get that quarterback out. Uh, he's uh, he doesn't look like he's a drop back type guy, so he can run and he gets and he does well when he's running with the ball and resetting his feet. You know, and uh, and then 
um, you know, you got you went. I'm kind of going back. FA, you got a good win. Yes. Rice, yeah, was really close. Yep. Uh, Rice is not all that, but FA, you needed a win. Now they go out to UTEP and play, and you know they they'll probably be better than UTEP, but I don't know if they'll be able to handle the travel. And uh, you know, FIU, you know, is going to get get beat, and um, they're just not a real good team. Um, who yeah, else was there? USF Tulane. Pretty US, fairly, fairly competitive game. Pretty competitive. Tulane's a good football team yep. and uh, well coached. Uh, they play real good defense. The game really wasn't that close. Uh, I know. I know Tulane won by a couple of touchdowns. I know South Florida was in there early. Right. Uh, quarterback gets hurt. Right. I get that. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know how much I want to comment on the South Florida deal. You know, it's a. Yeah. It's a. It is what it is. You know, you got to win games, and everybody knows it. And the, you know, their head coach knows it. Their staff knows it. The players know it. They, you got to win. And the bottom line is you either win or you lose. And they know that. They don't need to hear it. They don't yeah. need to hear any stuff anymore. You got to play better defense. The D coordinator has got it. Like I said, he's got a good resume. He's had some really good defenses in his past. Yeah. Um, so you got you to gotta believe it might be a, a personnel problem. They talk about injuries. A lot of people don't want to hear that because everybody has injuries. Man, I've been through it. <laughs> I've been through it where you've got hardly anybody left and you almost had to prepare that way. You're not going to have a two deep. I never had a two deep. Uh, you know, you prepare like three or four, you know, three, maybe two nose guards. If you had ran the odd front, maybe there's three DNs, three outside linebackers, right. maybe you train an inside linebacker to play outside. Also, if he's better than the next backup guy, you know, you want to have three corners, probably three safeties. You're not going to get anybody else ready that much. So, I always tried to tell those guys we're going to have about 18 to 20 starting type players. They all feel starters. So right. when you do somebody, the next guy coming up has played quite a bit and is in type that type of rotation. Yeah. I've had about, I've lost six or seven starters before and, and nobody wants to hear it. No excuses. You win or lose, you know, how do you, how do you handle when you, when a team starts to get a little thin, especially on one side of the ball or the other, how do you handle the practice reps? That's, I mean, you obviously don't want to blow those guys out during the week as far as getting all the reps. How do you handle managing the practice reps? Well, we talked about that. We talked about a little bit last week. You know, this time of year, first of all, you're not going to, you know, I'm, your, your practices to me are cut down shorter. Okay. You don't have individual time. It's all team and kicking, and you get them in the weight room more. You know, I mean, where you, you lifted, say you lifted 30 minutes, or if it was 30 minutes, you're lifting 45 minutes now. Okay lifting an hour to me because the strength is so important this time of year because uh, you, you don't want to maintain. I always feel say you maintain strength. You don't, you want to get stronger and everybody's trying to do that. The only way you have an ability or a chance to get a little stronger is to, you know, get in the weight room a little bit more. And the way to do that is to cut your practice time a little bit more. Now, also your linebackers, your running backs, those guys have got to get in the weight room on their own. They've got to get in there just to do shoulders, arms, those type of things because they're going to get beat up so much. Uh, and usually your guys that really pay attention to their bodies are going to do a little bit more lifting than just on certain, certain lifts. It doesn't take you about 15 minutes to get some reps in that you need. Uh, you know, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta rest a little bit more this time of year. More yes. film. Yep. Yep. And we got several teams on bye weeks this week, Florida state, Florida, USF. How do you handle, as the co, uh, you know, as the head coach running the running the running a bye week, 
give, give, give the audience and the, and the fans a perspective of, of typically what a bye week would look like as far as how many days this week are you going to practice? Is it, are you going to give them three or four days off? What, what, what's the bye week look like as far as on the field work? Well, and this, we talked about this last week as well. Uh, you know, I, I'd always go in there on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to practice. Uh, I'm going to go Thursday with just helmets and we're just going to throw the ball a little bit of team stuff because I'll probably keep the coordinators in. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, but I'm going to give them off, you know, Thursday's not going to be a hard practice. I might run them a little bit on Thursday after the, uh, after our team, we're only going to be out there about 45 minutes at the most. Yeah. I might, I might have the strength coach run them re- really good because you know, you're, you're missing game reps. Cardio. You know, that we, Keep the cardio so up. Yep. That part's important. Uh, the coaches are going to be out recruiting. They're going to probably, some are going to head out Wednesday night, uh, saying get good work on Thursday and Friday. And, uh, and then I'd give everybody off Saturday, watch football. Um, and we're going to come back in on Sunday because we're already – what I always had the coordinators do to make sure that they have everything set, they're going to get one – the most recent game, which is usually the most important, but they're going to get their game plans, a pretty good idea of what they're going to do, uh, drawing all the cards for the scout teams. That all needs to be done. They can do that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and even this, the Sunday before. But uh, And we're also going to spend time – you're really, really looking at what we're where we're messing up and where our weaknesses are. Uh, you know that's really important. So, off weeks are not off weeks. They're, you know, you can get so much done if you pay attention to it. It's it's really sometimes the busier busiest weeks you'll have. So if you're if you're you know you know Florida Florida State even USF even my uh, you know do you use this as a reset to say hey guys we're this is what we've done the first half of the year. We've got about five, you know, most everybody's got five games to go. You use this as a, as a rebirth of your, of a new season kind of deal, especially when you're dealing with USF and even Florida, Florida state where they're four and three, they've lost some games in a row. Do You kind of try to flush the bad stuff out of the, the mindset and start over. Do you, how do you, how do you handle kind of when the bye weeks kind of right in the middle of the year, like it is. Well, it just depends where your team is, you know, and, and how many have you won or lost and what type of momentum. If you got a team that's you know won all their games like TCU, right? You know you would treat it in a very positive way. Let's keep doing the things we're doing. You still want to look at uh, some of the weaknesses or how people were attacking you. But you know if you've lost a number, I'm like South Florida. Uh, you, you know you, you got to come back. Like I said after the East Carolina game, right? You simplify your package. Make sure you're playing the guys that are playing hard, right? You, want to do that and sometimes if you have to play younger guys because they you know that they're going to be better than the other guys then you're going to have to simplify your package you don't have to change your package just simplify what you're doing uh, so the guys can play hard because there's nothing more important than that you know i don't care about schemes and all that if your guys aren't playing hard it doesn't really matter team like oh. florida team like florida state wins their first four and they've lost their last three heading into a bye week how's that you know how do you keep the guys from saying uh-oh here we go again back especially the kids that were there the last couple of years as far as to keep you know to to fight through this bye week as well. Well, you know, you 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 know try to spin it best you can, you know, and you know, Clemson's a good football team certainly and um could have had North Carolina State you, you know you're honest with them, yeah. but you might regroup the games that you lost and some of the big areas and why you lost and make sure the team understands that. Uh and then say, hey listen, we it's all about and I I always it's all about November. You know, when I was in South Florida, the, the everybody says we didn't finish well. Well, we did. The problem we had was in the month of October. 
And uh, when we were building that program, an exactly the same thing happened a lot of times. We, I couldn't build the depth because we, we got, we got really good pretty fast and we didn't couldn't build the depth as much. So when we had some injuries and it usually happened around October, right. Times our depth, we, we had a hard time, but we usually came back in November and won a bunch of games. And, uh, and that's what I'd point to with the off week. Now you're uh, how you finish and how you finish the season is really big. It's really important. Uh, and, and, and get them into a good mindset. It is, there's, there's no use in, you know, just, being depressed and sad over what's happening because you can't do anything about it, you know. So, and that's for coaches too. The coaches have got to got to kind of role model that and and your leadership and you know, yeah. You almost I don't know if it's resetting, but you know, you're let's get excited about November. Let's get excited about finishing the season. Let's let's go on a on a high note because that's what everybody's going to remember. And maybe the best team in the state of Florida, Central Florida, five and one. They've been playing pretty well the last several weeks. I mean, they're in the race here in the, for the conference title. You know, if you're Gus Malzahn, you know, you've scored a lot of points. You, things are going well. What, what do you see out of UCF that you like? Well, you know, they're very explosive offensively, and I, and I face them. You know, it's interesting. We were 4-0 against Central Florida when I was at South Florida, so those were all really good games. But when I was at SMU, we beat them as well. You know, so 5-0 on, on those guys. But, nice. uh, but my point is this. I had to try to defend uh, the, the offense, and it was hard. You, you, you've got it's they, they attack you in so many ways, and with the quarterback running and the things they do with the quarterback and the and the RPOs, uh, man, they 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 really can hurt you, and they can hurt you with explosive plays if you're not careful. And you know, we were fortunate to beat them, and we we played decent. In that game on defense, I didn't. I, I I'm not saying we were great, but we were, we were you know, we were decent. Yeah. And um, but that's what they do. And then they, and then they, you know, they they've been playing some pretty good defense, you know. And if you, you get all that together, then and you're kicking game, and that's what that's why they're, you know, where they're at. They only lost to Louisville at home that one game. It was right. what one point or two points, whatever. It was close. Right. And Louisville's a good football. Team. They're they're not they're not easy to defend either they do a very i think they do a very good job you know i face louisville a bunch give the audience a perspective of when you're when you're when you're kind of creating a game plan during the week how do you you as a head coach or you as a coordinator how do you how do you break down the film how do you look at the film to say these are how do you identify these are the things they're good at here's the things they're not great at i mean i know i know you break it down first down third down red zone Talk, talk to the audience about how you break down tendencies of, 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 of an opponent to create a game plan for the future weeks. Well, you know, as a head coach, I, I used to right away after we finished the last game, I would just watch the entire game, the, the team that we're going to face, the, their most recent game, just to kind of get a feel for them and, you know, kind of who they are, what they're all about on offense and defense and, and the kicking. Uh if I want specifically, and it'd be the same thing on the other side, offense, like you just said on defense, you're going to, you know, uh, you're, you're, um, you know, first of all, your, your first practice on, we used to go on Monday nights, uh, try to draw up as much first, second down plays as you can to get, to, to get your guys a little bit of understanding of what you're going to face. Is it you more by formations? Do you, do you break it down by formations or, or personnel groupings? What, what, what's the best? Well, what's, all of it, but not on Monday. Monday, I just went first and ten. Okay. And all I did was, uh, was their general their general thesis, 
what they're really all about. You know, do they throw a lot of wide receiver screens? Do they run the option? Those kind of things as a defensive coach. Okay. Same thing you do in offense. It's not not any different. Uh, and then when you get into Tuesday, uh, then you get real – yeah, you get breakdowns for everything. Got first, second down, uh, second long, short, medium. Third was real big with long, medium, and short. You have your third and fourth short yards, uh, you know, uh, what they do on offense. Red zone, maroon zone, which is 35 on – I mean, 35 on in. I, I start red zone at the 15. Uh, but then you do – Explosive plays. I want to cut up of that. I want to cut up of the running back, all his touches. I want a, a cut up of maybe wide receiver screens, all of them, eight screens, wide receiver screens. Uh, I want to cut up of everything they've, they've done. And and I would put those cards in. And on Tuesday, it would be all first, second down. And then I'd probably start on the third and short, fourth and short, because sometimes you don't get to it. And then maybe get into on Wednesday, be first, second down, and red zone. Now, is that, then, is that is that a probability deal where you say, okay, they in third and five, in third and five or less, they fifty two percent of the time they run two tight ends or three wide receivers. Is that is it more of a probability situation that you present to the players because you can't present every si- single situation to the players? Do you break it down by probabilities? Hey, seventy five percent of the time they like to do this, this formation, those kind of things. Yes. I mean, answer your question. Yes. I mean, yeah. you have your GAs, your analysts that are breaking it all down and they say, hey, listen, 80% of the time they're going to do this. And you're going to really want to give your players what they do most of the time. Right. As you get through the end of the week, it's always hard, but you're trying to throw in the cards of a play. That, hey, they might do this. They might do that. Right. You always throw in a trick play, you know, through the week. Because, you know, and every day you want to have a trick play, a reverse, a reverse pass, something right. they've uh, – and you try to give them as much as they humanly can handle. Because after the game, you don't want to say, hey, I should have thrown that play in because they might have remembered it. Or right. – but you're right. It's hard to do everything, but you try as much as you can. <laughs> but you want to get the thesis. You want to get the main things like you said. All right. Um and same and same and again, same thing offensively. I mean, obviously, you know, as an same. offensive coach, they run cover two or they like to blitz a lot in third down or those kind of things. How you how do you how do you as an offensive coach or a defensive coach decide to come up with a new wrinkle for a particular week based on what they do? Maybe something you haven't done all year or something maybe you did back in week two that you haven't used a whole lot in the last three or four weeks. Well, in offense, if you're an offense coordinator, you're going to look at what where they're vulnerable. First of all, okay. you know what what how they've been hurt. Have they been hurt with the option game? Have they been hurt with the RPOs? Have they been hurt you know, with the inside run plunge play, which uh, you know stretch zone boots? Gotcha. How how has this defense been hurt? Next thing you want to do offensively is you're going to want to know how good are their corners, and can you pick on somebody? Right. Where's their weak link? Where's vulnerable? What's their D line like? What's the, you really you really spend a lot of time with personnel on both sides. You know, we're injury where situations, injury situations. All of it's important. And 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 you as an offensive coach, you want to look at all that that you want and within your system. Okay. What do you want to that uh is going to exploit them the most? And the same thing the other side. You know, you're gonna want to know. Uh, you know, all those type of things. Personnel is a big deal. How good is their quarterback? 
number one thing. I want to know about the quarterback. I want to know if they got any receivers that can beat any of our corners. Can they beat them? Can, do we have to really worry about a certain receiver? You know, do they have one guy? Do they have two? And how good is the running backs? What kind of running backs are they? You know, and then line of scrimmage is important, obviously. And every game is everybody says it's one or lost in line of scrimmage. So, you know. How much did how much did you ever look at the weather circumstances for the week? Hey, hey, we're going to a cold environment. Hey, it might be rainy on Saturday. I mean, obviously you can't dictate the weather here, but obviously looking at the weather when you wherever if you're going on the road somewhere. Always. You know, especially if you're gonna play on turf, grass, you know, what is the setting like? Uh, what's the environment like? The weather is definitely something you have to pay attention to. Uh, certainly on game day, you look at the wind. You know, that's with the coin a lot of times. But you really do look at the setting. And um, and you want to have a team that plays good on the road. You're not going to have a great team if you can't win on the road. Right. And certainly on the road, you got to play better defense than ever. We always, you always say you got to carry your defense because it's sometimes real hard for an offense to go in right away uh, to get going. But – all those are very, very important. They really are. And um, uh, and then you got you hope that you have leadership and guys that have played a lot and been in those environments and can handle it, you know, and and kind of you not get distracted. All right, listen to the coach and the kicker. I'm Jason along with Coach Jim Levitt. We're just breaking down some of the Florida schools and talking about some bye week stuff. We're just talking about some X's and O's. Now I want to talk on the national scale. We had some big upsets over the weekend unbelievable game in Knoxville between Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, probably the game of the year, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Coach probably didn't like it being 52-49 to 49 or whatever the score ended up being. But, <laughs> what? I mean, just as a fan, Coach, what a game in Knoxville. Well, the athletes. I mean, it's amazing the kind of players that both teams have. Yeah. And them playing at such a high level. Yes. In tournament. And I, I give Alabama a lot of credit because they were way down and they battled all the way back. You know, it just shows the resiliency of that team. Yep. And I thought Alabama would win. And and you got to give it to Tennessee. You know, the, the special coordinators have played for me at Kansas State, Mike Eckler. And uh, I know he's all fired up. But what they've done there at Tennessee is just shows what you can do. If You know, there's no question that, you know, whatever, however they've done it, They've done a great job for, in every way and to bring everybody together because that program was down. They were. And, uh, for them to come and, and with the, the, the recruiting violations and all the things they had to deal with and to do it this fast is, is remarkable. It really is. Uh, so I, you got to give Tennessee a lot of credit. Unbelievable game. Uh, just great players. Uh, you know, you, you never, 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 ever give up. And it, shows, and it shows when you have an elite quarterback, both teams, what elite quarterbacks can do to good defenses. I mean, Alabama's got a really good defense, and Hooker made them look silly a few times. You know, Tennessee's defense isn't great, but they're pretty good. And you saw how talented Bryce Young, how how many – just making plays. You've, you've talked about it all year, about how the you have to have a quarterback that can make big plays. Well, if you want to have a great team, you know, that's most important position on your field. You know, certainly, and it, it, the college game is so different than the NFL game. But you know, in a, you're getting a little bit more and more with the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes, you know, and all that. You're getting a little bit different with these mobile quarterbacks getting out there and able to. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. Oh yes, exactly. And the RPOs. It's just it's it's you see it everywhere now, and 
Uh, you know, that's why a lot of the college coaches, you know, the, the pro coaches. And when I was at the 49ers, we brought in college coaches when we were just to kind of understand about, especially years ago when they had Tebow and they had RG3 and they all the, because we played them both. Well, you, I, was, I mean, you had, you had one of the quintessential RPO guys in Colin Kaepernick. Oh yeah. And it was, and we brought college guys in to kind of talk to some defense coordinators about that. And, uh, my point is this, the defense coordinators in college game have a lot harder time, I think, than the pro game. Yeah. I, I mean, there's just so many, there's, you see so much more in the pro game. It's, it, it's just not the same. It's a different game. Uh, I'm not saying the pro game isn't harder to say it's very different. Yeah. I, I do, I do believe that the D coordinators in the college game, I think they do have, it's more difficult. The hash marks, you know, you got that issue with the wide fields and, uh, of course, a lot of people think that it has marks in the middle, make it better on offenses. But you can kind of go both ways on that a little bit. But it's it's tough. These D coordinators have a tough time. You know, I was happy for Oklahoma to win that yeah, game. Yeah, Kansas because Kansas is not what they used to be. And uh, text Brent after the game and Good. was happy for those guys. And um, but of course, I know the D coordinator at Kansas played for me, so <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch some of those things. What let's other games you have? Yeah, let's, let's go up. Let's go up to Ann Arbor. Your guy, you know well, Harbaugh. I mean, ran for four hundred plus yards against Penn State. I mean, just a classic beatdown of. I mean, just a methodical run, run, throw enough. I mean, but but just a very physical effort and a very impressive effort by the Wolverines. Now, I I was four hundred some yards rushing. Now that game was Michigan got up and then Penn State came back. Yep, and very close, and then Michigan just. Bludgeoned them. They bludgeoned them to death. They I mean, really did. I mean, just, and that's and that's really what Jim wants to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, being with him, I was with him for almost five years, and uh, I think he's a tremendous coach and got a good staff. And man, you got to give them a lot of credit because you know they won they won the uh, Big Ten last year, and they're and you know they're setting it up for another classic game. Ohio State. Down. Yeah, it's coming. All right, let's talk about again another program you know a little bit. What a what a what a wild ending in Salt Lake City, Utah, USC. Wow, Utah goes for two to win in the last minute with Cam Rising. They make it, and then they and then they hold uh, USC out of field goal range. Let me tell you something. That was I don't know what game was better because I watched some of the Utah game and the the you know they had they had the two players uh, faces on the helmet. That passed I, away last year. Two yeah. That got killed last year. Yep. Passed away. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. You don't do that just to get your team up. Let me say this in the right way. You do that because there's a real, a, a love that's different. Right. That I know anybody that passes, it's a big, I understand that. But this was, this must, this, I don't know these guys, but it must have been very different. Yeah. In a different, different way. And for them, because to claw their way back, right? Because USC was controlling that game, and the fight, and you could even feel the passion off the screen. To feel the way they played is remarkable, and for them to just keep clawing away, it was it was really an unbelievable game. That game was was. Just it's hard. 
it's hard to explain it. I, I love watching them play. And that's, both one of that, and that's one of the great, great venues in America, underrated venues to play in in America is at Salt Lake City at night, right? And they've been there a number of times. Was there when I coached at Colorado and at Oregon. And uh, when I was in South Florida, we played, we played there as well and got killed. <laughs> coaching. And Paul Griffin, who is probably the best athletic director in, in the world, uh, we, we scheduled that game. And um, we got, I mean, that team was good. They ended up beating USC in a bowl game. They only lost like one game, but they buried us. And we had just beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> at Pittsburgh on one year. And we beat Pittsburgh. The next game we were playing uh, Southern Utah, whatever got canceled. And then we went out to Utah and I'll never forget the coach head coach comes up before the game and says, yeah, you guys beat the dog out of Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we understand how good you guys are. You set me up and they buried us. <laughs> I got out of Salt Lake that day. And, but then we, and I faced Utah a number of times, uh, always great games. But it's what, an underrated, what an underrated coach Whittingham is. I mean, that guy's done a tremendous job at Utah. Remember, he took that job before they were in the Pac-12. I mean, they were still a, a, a Mountain West team. I mean, just what a job he's done at Utah. Similar to us to South Florida. Yep. Yep. If we were in the uh, – where were we together? It was the Big East. And then I think they went or something. Okay. I don't know. Okay. We were connected in the conference or something. I don't know how we were connected. Maybe it was the Under Armour thing. They were Under Armour. Maybe that was it. Because I remember seeing him a number of times a year, but and following him, but or they went from Mountain West. We're Big East. It was it was. I remember talking to him quite a bit through the years. But you're right. I, I don't know if he's underrated. Uh, we don't hear about it because we're out here on the east side of the country. But he's got a, quite a reputation out there. So what? You're right. What a great job he's done. And uh, I saw. I thought they were better than Florida. Florida won the game. Like right, I, I'm with you. Tell you. You know, you can you can beat anybody on a given night, but I thought Utah had the better team. But I thought Florida won that game that night. That that night, you know. All right, we'll get, get you one more one more game, and I'll get you out of here. TCU Oklahoma State, another dramatic game in, in Fort Worth. You know, TCU's on a kind of one of those magical runs here. They got a shot. Them in Tennessee have got a shot here to get to this playoff. Yeah, you know, it's um, TCU's got quite an offense, and their defense is good enough. You know, to get them where they are. Now they, thank goodness, they had a non-conference schedule that was very, very light. They they scooted right through those teams. Then they played OU, and OU nobody kind of knew what OU was. And right. obviously, our defense is not uh, not as strong as they as they're going to be. Right. Uh, they got through that game, and then uh, Oklahoma State. Now they got they had Oklahoma State at TCU. Right, which was an advantage. Oklahoma State was controlling that game all the way through the game. They were, but TCU kept on it. They were very explosive, and what was it? Double overtime was it? Double two overtimes. Yep, yeah. and end up winning the game. And I have a very good friend. His name is Frenchie, and lives in Tulsa. And he <laughs> calling me every because I was out and about, and he was calling me every minute on that game. And. <laughs> He had some bad words on the screen when they lost. It was he was not happy, but big Oklahoma State, big Oklahoma State fan, and um, so I kind of got the play by play at the end there in the overtime. But <laughs> wow, what a, you're right, what a game, 
what a what a game and what a weekend for football for college football really tremendous you know and uh going right into sunday and then you know, i know we won't get into the bucks but you know that was we, we can i mean what it, a, we can uh, wow what an upset something's not there right now you know they're, they're missing missing some pieces and they know that they're they they've got to get their team together because it's, it's not and it's not a talent issue it's a how do you it, it, for the buck if you're not a bucks fan the chemistry in the bucks locker room something's going on there we don't know what it is how do you again as a coach college or pro how do you keep that chemistry how do you develop that chemistry they have to own it the players ultimately have to own it. you can tell them all you want but the players and you know i've been a player we have to own it. We either have to want to do it or not do it. How do, how do you help foster that chemistry? Well, you know, I only can speak when we're with the 49ers. We had great leadership. We just did. You know, we had Justin Smith. We had Pat Willis. Uh, we had uh, Staley on the yeah. offensive line. Uh, Alex Smith was a very good leader. And yeah. then Kaepernick came in after that. But we – um. We had really good leaders. And I'm going to tell you right now in the NFL game, you need leadership in college game, no question. But you have to have it in the NFL game. Because uh, these grown men that, you know, they're, they'll listen to coaches, but, you know, they got to, they got to, they got to, it's got to be within. And and I've talked to a number of NFL head coaches uh, through the years that uh, the downfall has been no leadership in the locker room. And, it was it was this way at the Buccaneers uh, before uh, Aaron's came in and had some difficulties and I and I knew what it was it was the leadership on the team right so got you know Brady's got to do a great job obviously he's you know best quarterback of all time you know he's he's an unbelievable player and people are going to listen to him obviously and they've got to have the same on defense you know. And, Seems like in the, in the in the tough part is with Brady. I hate to say this, he's going through his own things off the field that we again we don't know all the details, but you know he's not he's he's going through a, some stuff off the field, and then he went to the wedding over the weekend and all that stuff. So you just again, hopefully that the, again you're right. The 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 adult part of the leadership component is so critical at the NFL level. Well, the distractions doesn't help, but the fact that if you and I go through some of the same things that he goes through. You know, a lot of people don't hear about it. Right. Problem is there are social media and everything. I can't even imagine how hard that is because it's got to be very painful. You know, your family is your family. Sure. Oh, he probably loves his wife and loves his kids. And um, um, and it's got to be very, very hard. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand it, how difficult it is. And, and to try to, you know, to be focused here and then here, right. I guess. Sometimes football might even help that a little bit because it allows you to get away from the, the drama. But, you know, I don't know. Distractions are distractions. You don't want them. It, it, it's too hard. It's, it's the game. Too many good teams, good players. Whether so you're, what, they, yeah, whether you're Tom Brady or the 53rd guy on the roster, they all, life, life things happen. I mean, everybody has a life, and there's things that happen in your life. They sure do. It's, it's too bad, but it's reality, and nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, even though I'm sure it'd be nice if people do, but they don't. You're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to rise up and find a way. All right, Coach, we're going to get you out of here. Great job on, on the week again. 
shout out to Colorado for the Buffalo yeah. getting that first win. All right, Colorado has. They finally got a win. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good luck to the girls in their playoff run this weekend. Coach, mental reps this week. Mental reps. Work on the fundamentals and the mental reps. We're going to grind. <laughs> <laughs> have a great right. week, Coach. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First-time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation, reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.